Welcome to Doggy Dish, where two of LA's best dog trainers serve up a hearty helping of dog topics. At the end of this podcast, we'll provide information on how to contact our trainers. And now, here they are. Hi, this is Kim Reinhardt of Ain't Misbehaving Canine. And Laura Berheny from Animal Attraction Unlimited. Welcome to our podcast. Today we're going to talk about marking behavior. Marking. Or lifting, leg lifting. Leg lifting. Yeah. Because I think that a lot of times leg lifting is an issue for people with male dogs. And sometimes people don't realize that they've kind of fostered that problem. It's a natural behavior in a dog. It is. So, And men are oh so proud when, the when dog their dog. male dogs eventually <laughs> do. Because I've had a number of male clients who go, you know, he still pees like a girl dog. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. No. My staffy bull absolutely does. He will also lift his leg, but basically he, he still squats and I couldn't be happier. Yeah. But I think that sometimes people allow their dogs to mark and mark and mark and mark. Recently I had a situation where a very nice lady, nice client of mine with a golden retriever said, oh my God, we don't know what to do because my husband had him out the other day on his walk and he lifted his leg on a person. And I said, <laughs> yeah. It doesn't surprise me because honestly right. this dog, when I see him, he lifts his leg all over everything. And I said, well, you know, the way to deal with that is to really reevaluate what you allow him to do on a regular basis because basically when they would take him out for a walk they would obligingly walk him from pillar to post you know yes. from everywhere and they would stop every time he wanted to lift his leg right and i think that the reason people do that is because they think well i'm not totally sure why but i don't know if they think it's because the dog is going to the bathroom because he has to go to the bathroom right. i, I want to make sure he gets it all out before i take him back in the house right so they allow the dog to go from place to place to place to place, marking and marking and marking. And they and stand there with a smile on their face? Waiting obligingly, yes. Basically with the attitude of, hey, good for you. I'll mm-hmm. wait for you. This is cool. And then the dog walks up to a person and the person... Look, a post. Yes. That's a sort of a sort of a logical conclusion. Hey, look, here's another <laughs> upright thing for me to mark. And then the people flip out and the dog yes. has no idea what just happened. All right. Because I... I'm not drawing What's the, the boundary difference? there. Right. Or people who have dogs that they allow to mark and mark and mark outside, and then they bring the dog inside and the dog marks, and they're horrified that the mm-hmm. dog marks on the inside. But basically, the dog has practiced this marking behavior And they unabated, stood by and watched. Right, completely unabated and uncommented upon. And then he went in, and in fact, at one time I worked at a, um, bless you, Sammy just sneezed. Anyway, at one time I worked at a doggy daycare. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting out front in the car, and there was a man who drove up and brought out this chocolate Labrador, and he allowed the dog to urinate on everything in front of the building. And there were some nice plants in front of that building. It was actually a very shishy like, poo-poo building, and I was totally appalled, to be honest with you. I don't know why people do that, but right. I've been grooming I mean, shops. tropical plants and everything. Oh, yes. It was a nice... Oh, yeah. I, I, I don't know why people do that, honestly, but they do. They do that in any... Well, in they a lot of dog Well, they think he must have put those bushes there for the dogs. Yes. And I've been in grooming shops many, many times, and people allow the dogs to mark the front of the building. Just so you know, folks, owners actually really frown on that because they have to go out and clean that up. Right. And that's not actually what the front of the building is for. Right. It's a storefront just like any other storefront. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, this dog had 
urinated all over everything and I was pretty horrified and then he walked inside and I walked in after him and he stood in the front in the waiting room and the dog lifted his leg and the man said oh oh, oh, oh," you know and turned to us and said we're working on that yeah you saw him work (laughs) on it all out front (laughs) when he left I said to the owner yeah I watched him work on it (laughs) yeah we're gonna practice till we get this perfect so I think that people don't realize that marking is not about urinating that a, do- a male dog can learn to empty his bladder, that he, just as he learns to meter it out in, right. in little bits or parching it out. But you have to teach them that. Mm-hmm. Because my male dogs are taught not to mark things. I just don't like them marking things. Yeah. It's not something I do to show off. It's not anything. I just don't care for it. Right. I don't like and they it. don't have to do it in order to have a nice, healthy, you know, emotional life right (laughs) right yeah exactly it's it's not an emotional um, requirement yes thank you need thank you so and I think that that's maybe what people don't understand I think that maybe they think that if they curtail that activity they're somehow depriving their dog of an activity however you also curtail your dog's activity when it comes to urinating in the house Mm -hmm. and that is as natural a behavior for your dog as peeing on every tree (laughs) right Right. Because, I mean, just like along the same lines, I've had people who say, well, when I walk him, how do I stop him from peeing on everything? You stop him. Keep moving. You keep moving. Exactly. You just keep walking. He's not going to hop him out a couple of times, and then he's going to figure out he's peeing on his front legs, and he's going to stop doing it. That's just it. He's going to realize that he's on three legs, hopping along, trying to do this, and it's not a very rewarding behavior. Right. It's just not... It's not, it wasn't all it was cracked up to be. Right. <laughs> right. Oh, I guess they're not going to stand by and wait. And the dog just stops doing it. Yes. You don't have to stand there and wait for your dog. Yes. And, you know, this is not the same as housebreaking, although some of the things that have to do with this are the same as housebreaking. But I will say that if you have a dog that continuously marks, it's going to make housebreaking so much more difficult. It really is. And, in fact, there are certain breeds of dogs, Maltese is one of them, Mm -hmm. that are sort of notoriously difficult to To house house train. train. Right. And Bichons as well. Yes, and it's so funny because when I was driving here thinking about this subject, I had this picture in my head of a little white Maltese manically marking everything it could find. And, in fact, you know, lifting its leg and then turning around and lifting its leg on the same thing in this sort of compulsive way. And then kicking up the grass underneath. Yes. Yeah. And this unabated behavior, you know, this behavior that the owners just took, oh, well, that's totally normal. Right. But then they didn't understand why when we went in the house, the dog marked everything in the house. Mm-hmm. So it's not that your dog is going to not, never mark. I'm sure that my male dogs who have been discouraged from marking go in the backyard and mark mm-hmm. when I'm not out there. I'm absolutely certain that they do. However, it's not this compulsive behavior for them because they've learned to control it. So it's much easier for them to control the behavior. And one of the easiest ways to get them to control the behavior is exactly what you just said. Right? He goes to lift his leg. You don't obligingly stop and wait for him. You keep walking. Yeah. So one of the things that I have people do is when they take the dog out, take the dog over to something that is acceptable for the dog to urinate on maybe that's a tree mm-hmm. and tell him to go potty go pee whatever the <laughs> whatever your word for it is and wait and allow him to sniff and go and at first he is going to just shoot a little bit out because he's going to think you know what this is my walk and I gotta I'm gonna save, save it, it all right so then you start walking mm-hmm. and when the dog slows down to go you speed up and you just keep going and going and going and going and make the dog wait for like a 15 to 20 minute period of time while you're walking mm-hmm. and then give the dog another opportunity on cue and very quickly 
of course not in the first walk but dogs are pretty practical creatures and when they realize oh wait a minute this is something that we're going to do on a regular basis I need to empty out <laughs> because it's not fun to hold on to this and try to hold on to it for the whole walk the dog especially running going past things that he would normally want to stop and lift his leg on and it's that anticipation that He's primed the pump. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Prime the pump. I love that phrase because it's like, oh, good. Here comes the neighborhood bulletin board that every other dog has peed on. And so he starts to get ready and you just keep walking by and he's going, but wait, it's already. I got to go. Yeah. But don't feel bad about this. Don't feel bad about this because honestly, it doesn't take them long. I've done this with every male dog I've ever had. And it is a little more difficult with a male dog that's intact, but very possible with a male dog that's intact also, Mm -hmm. is they very quickly realize, okay, so I'm not going to be allowed to do this. This is not going to be something that I can do. Therefore, when I have the opportunity, I need to make the most of it Mm -hmm. and actually empty my bladder. And that's what they learn to do. And then once you get them doing very well on a leash, you can start taking that into a more open situation, an off-leash situation, where maybe you have them in a yard or an area. At my house, the big rule is for the male dogs that come to my house and my own male dogs, you don't go on the walls that are up against the house. Right. You just don't. It's all the area out past a certain place. And I'm sure it's the same with you. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it's the same. Yeah. Yeah, when we started adding on this room, you know, at first I fenced it off because, I mean, the wood wasn't painted or anything, and I just knew the first thing somebody was going to do. So I just fenced it off so that I wouldn't have to deal with it until until it was all painted and at least protected, and then I could deal with it. And then you started working with it. Yeah. And, and the way you did that was? Was that I would follow the dogs outside, and of course they would go and sniff and go, ooh, look, something new, and I would go, yeah, keep walking. Right. Go on, go keep walking somewhere else. Right. For my dogs, it's get out. That My dogs know the get out thing. Ah, right. Get out. Yeah. <laughs> and then they move out further yeah. into the yard. No, I would say leave it. Yes. I would say, uh-uh, leave it. Leave it is what I would do with a guest dog that yeah. doesn't maybe have as much experience. Or I would just walk over and push them away. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh, leave that. But it, it's very possible to teach them to do that. I yeah. am certain. I know. I've been to your house. that I'm certain that the dogs don't just all lift their leg on your walls. No. Uh, on your home. Your home. Because it would be icky and disturbing yeah (laughs) however it makes it a lot easier than for the dog to make distinctions about not lifting his leg on a person which it's so funny because to go back to that lady she was horrified her husband was horrified but then she proceeded to tell me about how the walk was exhausting for her husband Mm -hmm. because he stopped like nine million times right And I said to her, you know what, this was just another stop along the way for the dog. Yeah. This was not a meaningful thing to the dog. But then they say to you, well, but it was a person. Can't you tell the difference between a tree and a person? And of course he can. Yeah. But the thing is, he hasn't drawn that line. He hasn't said, oh, well, you can pee on a tree and you can't pee on a person. Right. Because Because he's outside and and you've allowed him to do it outside. And it's your dog's sensibility we're talking about yeah. here. You know, we we sort of expect them to say, well, how can he not know the difference? He does know the difference. He just doesn't think there's anything socially unacceptable. Right. They will pee on each other. Yeah. They will absolutely. Yeah, they won't even, yeah. Instead of marking after the other dog pees and the other dog goes over, they, they'll start to pee before the other dog is finished. Absolutely. Or one will be lifting his leg on something and another one will stick his nose in there to snip to yeah. see what's going on. <laughs> and they end up being on their head. I mean, unfortunately, you know, we have to take our dogs the bad with the good. Yeah. And the thing is that they don't care about that. We can't expect them to 
adopt our sensibilities and take this on as something that is, oh, verboten. <laughs> this yeah. is bad. We can't yeah. do this. Because, of course, in their life view of the world, this is just the way you behave. Right. It's and just a totally normal thing. I have a funny story to tell you about because you were saying about they pee on each other. We used to have a pot-bellied pig. And one day he went out. Churchill, isn't that a cute name? Yeah, his name was Churchill. (laughs) Obvious, right? I didn't name him, but it was very cute, and it did suit him. So he goes outside to pee, and this was when he was smaller. And he comes back in, and I'm, you know, and I pet him. And I go, how did you get all wet? Because I thought maybe the sprinklers were on, or maybe he went under a bush that had some dew on it or something. And it wasn't until like three days later that I look out the window when he goes out there. And as he's standing there peeing, my other dog is peeing on him. Great. <laughs> yeah, that I had to stop that real fast. Yes. Well, I, you know, unfortunately have discovered this on the heads of my dogs before. <laughs> when I went to kiss their little heads and went, oh, this does not smell okay. And no, I'm not proud of that fact, but it is realistically what's happened. Because unfortunately, they're big dopes and they stick their noses right under where they're going, oh, really? What are you marking over here? But my point is, if you watch a dog and that happens, a lot of times the dog that just got urinated on is not at all disturbed. Right. <laughs> sometimes they are. But they're, sometimes they're, yeah, that's just the way that we mark and that's just as normal as can be. And they'll go roll in some really icky things to perfume themselves. So obviously they don't accept our sensibilities. So the thing is, if you think about it that way and you realize that when you walk around and you just obligingly allow your dog to mark and mark, you never say anything. Mm-hmm. You never say anything. If... My dogs, if I take them outside and I tell them to go, and they go, I tell them, good dog. Right. So that then there's some context for when they start to go and I say, ah, nope. Right? Because they go, okay, it's not that I can't go. Mm. It's not that I can't lift my leg, which is a normal way for a dog, for a male dog to urinate mm-hmm. if they get to that stage. Unless they're like my beautiful little staffy and they decide they'd like to squat just as many times as they'd like to lift their leg. I'm not a guy. It doesn't have any, <laughs> any real significance. It has nothing to do with mas- masculinity. <laughs> but the thing is that then when they do, they're kind of looking for my input. Mm-hmm. Okay, is it okay to go here? And what I find is then I can take them to my friends' houses. And not worry about it. And take them out to the yard and tell them get out to go. And they instantly go, okay. The rules apply here, too. You have to be yeah. away from the house. Yeah, because a lot of times people take their dog, you know, the dog is house trained in their house. Right. But like you said, they take them on the walk and they let them pee every place else, and then they go into somebody else's home. They don't, the first thing they do is take them out into the yard and teach them this is where you go to the bathroom because they just assume the dog knows go to the bathroom outside. Right. So they walk into somebody's home, and anytime you take your dog to somebody's house, the first thing you do is take them into the yard and you say this is where you go to the bathroom. Right. And you make a party, yay, good dog. And then you bring the dog in the house and you watch them. Because it's not their house. What do they care if they mark on the potted plant in the corner or the couch? Absolutely. And you have no idea what kind of scent is there prior. Yeah. You have no idea. And dogs get all their information through scent. So they're walking around sniffing all sorts of things. And you have no idea if something's come in with a very, very minor amount of urine odor mm-hmm. that we would never detect, but that the right. dog instantly goes over and says, oh, look. It's like I told the story at, about our when our, our um, holiday issues, about my dog going in the house and, you know, lifting his leg on my sister's Christmas tree. And we were <laughs> so horrified. But the truth of the matter is, it was an outdoor tree, and I have no idea what kind of sense might have been in that tree to begin with, or on that tree to begin with. 
And once I told him no, it was okay. And then also, we were excited. We had gotten there, and it was a holiday, and we were excited to be around our family. And I hadn't taken him out instantly, the first thing, and taken him out to the yard and told him to go. Even if I had, I'm not totally sure he wouldn't have gone on the tree anyway, because it was a tree. And I really think he just thought, oh, look, they have indoor plumbing. Isn't this cool? <laughs> you know, and I've been in homes where, where people have gardens on the inside. Yes. I have, I mean, there's a, a client that I have, very nice home, and you walk down the hallway, and there are plants in the ground. It's like this. Yes. It's not even like it's, it's like it is surrounded in brick or cement or whatever, but it is dirt from the outside. Right. It's like. And they're natural the foundation plants. of the house. Yeah. They're natural plants, and they're used to marking natural plants all the time. Yeah. Well, luckily yeah. she has female dogs because, I don't know, I mean, it would take a lot, I think, in that instance to get a dog not to do it. You know what? I don't because I have to say that I think it's the same thing. I think it's just teaching a dog there are places to mark. It's like my. It's like our dog's not going close to the house. I have planter yeah. beds close to my house. My dogs would never go in those planter beds. Those are close to the house. We're not allowed to go in those. And it's it's a male dog, yeah. but he's just not allowed to go there. But, you know, what surprises me is the amount of people who come to my house with dogs and, and let the to... dogs urinate on my planters. Yeah. Just walk yeah. up right up onto one of my planters and lift their legs. And honestly, these are nice people. These are not nasty, inconsiderate people, although in this instance, I'm calling into question that cons- level of consideration. And I'll say, ah, no, 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 no. And they look at me like, well, he's a male dog. Right. Except my thought is, he's a male dog peeing on my planner. <laughs> right, right. You know, I'm the same way when I'm when I'm with a client, and a lot of times clients have the retractable leashes, or it's not just even clients; it's people that yes. you see on the street, yes. and they let them go right up to somebody's, like you said, their planter, their front by their front of their house. I mean, what if they want to, in the springtime, leave their front door open? They don't want to be smelling your dog's pee when they open the front door. And that first calling card gets the next calling card gets the next calling card. Exactly. And every stray dog that comes by is then going to mark there. Yes. And I just think it's, you know what, keep your dog on the sidewalk and the part going towards the street. You don't let your dog pee on somebody's planters along the well, you know what, for me, just a personal preference, and with, when I'm with my clients, they unfortunately are they're subject to this because I'm the one who's teaching. I just don't like to walk along and let dogs urinate willy-nilly anyway. Yeah. I and mean, I think that there is a certain amount that you need to take into consideration when you walk by somebody's home and they perhaps don't have any dogs and they maybe are intolerant of this or they think it's gross. It might gross them out. You know what? It doesn't gross me out. I've been around dogs for a really long time. Yeah. However, you know, my intolerance is don't go on my planters. I yeah. don't like that. Don't go on my pots. I have these nice pots and you're going to let your dog walk up and urinate. But you kind of have to make the assumption that maybe who, somebody who doesn't have dogs yeah. or has one dog, maybe it just they don't want the dog going on their lawn at all, in which right. case my thing is stay out on the parkway. I mean, that's, yeah. that's just one of my personal preferences or my prejudices. But I have a good friend who you know very well who teaches agility, and at his house it's surprising to me how many of the people who come for class I hope I don't make enemies here, but how many of those people allow dogs to run up on his, his his house is on two levels. Yeah, his front yard is in two levels, right? Yes, and so the lower level is where we do the agility, and the upper level is a grass area and up against his house. Let and that's dogs... more of his home area as opposed to the other part, which is dirt parking right. area. Right, stuff, well, yeah. and he has some planters there, too, and people will allow their dogs to get up there and urinate along through his planters or up on this private 
you know, this area that right. is his home. And I'm shocked. And I think that the problem is, because I'm not going to make a big deal about judging people doing these things. Although, Too late. Shame on you. But, but I think that the thing is that people don't realize, no. I mean, I've had people look at me and say, well, he's a male dog. What do you think he's going to do? Well, it's not what I think he's going to do. It's what I think you're going to do. Mm-hmm. And you're going to teach him that he can't just go everywhere. Because I'm assuming that if I went to your house, you've taught him that he can't just run around your house and go. Right. And if one idea applies, then the other should. If you're going to say to me, well, he's a male dog. What do you think he's going to do? Then I think that if we're going to assume that he has to mark somebody's home or he has to mark without any input from you that then when you take him home, he should run around your house and mark, and it would be equally understandable. Right. But people would be horrified at and that if you And if you went in there and saw him doing it and they got mad at him, you'd say, well, he's a male dog. What do you expect him well, to do? He had to go. Right. Right. So anyway, the, the point of this and the reason that I wanted to cover this is if you want to stop your dog from doing that, then you need to really give some thought to how often you walk around obligingly allow, allowing them to mark on everything in your presence without saying a word. Right. Marking behavior is a natural behavior, but it doesn't, for them, mean, well, I can mark the trees, but I can't mark the planters, but I can't mark the people. I mean, if you allow them to mark and mark Mm -hmm. and mark and mark, they're going to see all these things as fair game. Right. See, now you said in the beginning of the walk that you would have let them pee just however much they wanted to pee. And tell them to. Right, yes. tell them to pee and let them pee however much they wanted to, but, you know, they would probably hold some back for the walk. Mm-hmm. And then you would just walk and make them hold it right, for a certain amount of time. I would, if they just gave me a little token tinkle hoping to save it up, I would go, uh-uh, you better go some more. I would give them an opportunity, one more opportunity to let them empty their bladder and then go on the walk. You know what, though, without context, they just continue to mark. They just do another little pee and another little pee. I think that once you've done it, if... A couple of times, and you've let them know that once you've done that, now we can just keep walking. Then there's a little bit easier context for them to understand that when they go, and you say, "Ah, no, nope, go potty," especially if you've been rewarding the potty. If, if yeah, you've been rewarding it, I guess I haven't had that problem because my dogs don't. Because it, when my dogs first go out to pee, they do a long pee, you and talk, then they, yeah. yeah or maybe you've had them, was... or maybe you've had them closed up for a longer period of time. Or, well, also, because when, when I'm house training a dog, you know, and when you use when you pay a dog for going to the bathroom outside, they tend to just give you a little bit and then get a treat and then so that they can do a little bit more and get another treat, and sometimes that happens. And knowing that that happens, if they try to give me a token tinkle looking for a treat and then wanting to do more token tinkles for more food, of course, because right. they want more food, then I go, no, you have to do the whole thing. Right. So maybe maybe that's where I why I don't run into that problem. You know what? In the end, whether you do it your way or my way, in the end, the point is that we make an effort to teach the dog that this is about emptying your bladder. Mm -hmm. This is not about walking around marking. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that the dog, when he empties his bladder, isn't thinking, hey, I'm marking this tree. (laughs) Right, right. You know, when I first met Chip, he tried to pee on me. Well, I believe that. I mean, he he had lived in a shelter for a year and a half, and he was... They told me he was he must be house trained because he would not poop in his kennel. He would wait for them to walk him, and any time he peed, he would pee into the next kennel. Mm-hmm. He never peed in his own in his own run. Right. So, but I don't know. You know, volunteers and stuff at the shelter take him out to walk him. So I don't know how much marking he 
was able to do for a year and a half. Well, and I think that sometimes, and some people, certainly not you, but there are people who would look at that and go, he's trying to dominate you. And it oh, had no, absolutely, I just went, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, it had absolutely nothing to do with that. It did have to do a little bit with possession because marking behavior is about mine, 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 mine. Right. It's, you're putting a little piece of yourself down, your little calling card to let other dogs know, here's mm-hmm. where I've been. Not necessarily even claiming it for your own, but still that yeah. it's a calling card. Yeah. But it's not a dominant behavior. That wasn't Chip, and I know you know this, so I'm not telling you that I'm telling this. Thank you. But I know. I, well, I don't, want, <laughs> I don't want to sound condescending. But uh, but I'm telling this for somebody who might be listening who yeah. doesn't know the difference, that it wasn't about Chip saying, oh, well, I'm going to dominate you. Let me tell you who's boss. Here's a new person. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the boss of her. Yeah, this is just a very normal behavior for the dog. There isn't a difference for the dog between you and the fence and the trees. Yes. Do they know the difference between what those things are? Yes. Because right. that's the question that I've heard, as as you said. Right. That's the question I've heard. Yes, they know the difference. What they don't know is why should there be a difference yeah. between those things in terms of marking? Yeah. And I met the guy in a park, the guy who brought him up to me mm-hmm. from the shelter, met him in a park, and he got there before I did it, and he had been walking around the park letting him lift his leg. On everything. Cause I, yeah, because as I pulled up, I see him. Walking from walking place around. to place, obligingly mm-hmm. stopping and right. allowing the and dog. And then he walks up, and he stands and, and he stands next to me. Yeah. <laughs> the dog said. And the dog goes, Ooh, cool. Yeah. And, and Laura's tall. Else. So yeah. he said, hey, this is a tall yeah. tree. And this he never he never even looked up at me. <laughs> he never even looked up at me. It's like, you know, the guy's walking around, stopping, letting him pee, stopping, letting him pee. Then he walks up and stops to me. Right. To and talk to me. Said, and the cool. dog goes, oh, look, something else. Opportunity. Something else vertical. <laughs> Opportunity. So hopefully, after people have listened to this, they're kind of going to understand how it is that that behavior then transfers into everyday life. And that it's possible and not punitive to not allow a dog to mark and mark and mark. That, yes, it's a natural behavior, but it's not a comp- a need. Mm-hmm. It's not a compulsion. It can become a compulsion. Right. But it is not something that they somehow live their lives poorly if they don't have it. And that it becomes then something that the dog thinks is very normal and natural. That's why they pee on the neighbor. Yeah. That's why they that's why they lift their legs on other things. It it's because for them, it's not that they can't tell the difference. It's that who cares? Yeah. Who cares? That's yeah. their sensibility. And, and mom and dad don't care because they let me do it all the time. They endorse this behavior yeah. because they I, they stand and wait obligingly for me right. to finish. And in a way, that is, remember that dogs are more about body language cues than they are about verbal cues. So in a way, that seems very much like endorsing the behavior. Right. And especially if you go back to the house training thing, if somebody's walking there, if somebody's working on house training and they take their dog for a walk, anytime the dog pees... They reinforce that behavior, like heavily reinforce it because the dog's going to the bathroom outside. Right. So the dog will go along and pee and then look at them and they go, yay, good dog, pet the dog and give them the treat. Right. This is actually something I address in house training. Actually, I talk about the difference between, you know, the dog actually having to urinate or the dog versus the dog marking. And Mm -hmm. I try to head them off at the pass with that one because honestly, it's not the same. Mm-hmm. It, it's the same stuff that comes out. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not the same behavior. It really isn't. And one doesn't doesn't fall into the other. So I guess we're at the end of this one. Uh, this is Kim Reinhardt with Ain't Misbehaving Canine. And Laura Burhenny from Animal Attraction Unlimited. Thank you for joining us today. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Doggy Dish, a podcast series about dog training and other related issues. To suggest a topic for a future segment, please email us at 
dogdishtopics at yahoo.com. To learn more about our featured trainers, or if you're interested in training for your own dog and you live in the Los Angeles area, you may contact Laura or Kim directly. To speak with Laura, call 818-800-4818 or visit her website at www.petdogtrainer.com. To speak with Kim, call 818-890-1133 or visit her website at www.beagooddog.com. Thank you for listening.